listening to Soul Search Podcast with Ava and Marcella, a podcast dedicated to exploring mental health issues in relation to race, identity, and culture. You said it again. Did you hear it that time? I'm recording in progress. <laughs> the recording is in progress for Soul Search Pod. Hello, everyone. We're here. And as we talked about in our first episode, our little, I guess, like a general statement episode about what we will be discussing in this season, we talked about, you know, how we're going to break down the season and have a very specific focus for five, six episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. So, this one, we are going to be discussing trauma and basically it's effects on the physical being the brain yeah and the body um mm-hmm. which is a very uh oh it's a lot of pieces to that but we plan to tackle it, it is. so yeah here we are <laughs> it I'm, is and i feel like it's kind of hard it is you're scared no i'm looking at my <laughs> like damn this is a this is a decent amount but yeah yeah and well and you know my hope is that okay maybe we don't necessarily have to break down all of the inner workings of the brain but to just create awareness that um just to create awareness that that it does affect the brain realize that obviously trauma is like the hot button topic right now like I've noticed that in the field I don't know if you've noticed that too but I feel like everyone's talking about it so it is more common like especially like on twitter and social media and all this stuff but um but i don't think think many people recognize like the physical manifestation it can have unless they're informing themselves like on a very intentional like in a very intentional way mm-hmm. yeah you know that's a that's a great point when you say it's a buzz topic right now mm-hmm. a lot of I've seen a lot of new clients for example like I think in the past two years like we talked about last time I think you and I have been doing this close to the same amount of time pretty much I think we're just like a year different in like our counselorship mm-hmm. person, right? yeah yeah well we're like maybe a, a semester or so yeah yeah mm-hmm. um so ooh, lots of people come in or in their intake assessment I think mm-hmm. there's this like you said, level of awareness where it's like, um, I want to heal from trauma. Mm-hmm. I want to do like goals for therapy or things that they are aware of that they need to tackle in therapy. Heal from trauma, process trauma. Um, some people are even informed on what type of trauma they've been through, things like that. So there's a lot more awareness about what trauma is, how many different forms, I guess there are, maybe not all of them, mm-hmm. but um, and people, I guess you, you have to be able to recognize that something's happening to you yeah. mm-hmm. in the present day, because in a lot of my work, I'm processing trauma based around past experiences and how yeah. it affects experiences now, like, like how maybe someone navigates relationships, how people um, handle their relationships with people who have inflicted trauma on them. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, today just kind of bring in awareness to that piece that maybe isn't at the forefront all the time, you know, like the effects that trauma has yeah. brain body. Right. Well, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but like in my work with, and I, and I, I, I guess my imposter syndrome's coming out, but you know, I, I do take a more trauma informed approach. That means I'm an, does not mean I'm an expert by any means, but it's something I think about all the time. And I view, um, I think through a trauma informed lens, um, I, I think I'm kind of finding out that that's just the, an approach that works for me. And, um, I think a lot of people can recognize they have trauma. Like you said, they can recognize, oh my relationship with my parent 
maybe wasn't, you know, the greatest, or um, I had this romantic relationship that was really um, tumultuous or abusive, or I went through these um, different things in school, bullying or a car accident, or, you know, just maybe little things that added up over the years. And I think people can maybe recognize that. I think some people have difficulty um, accepting the label trauma, especially, you know, if it's given to them and that's not a conclusion they came to on their own. And I think they're not seeing the relationship between, okay, these things happen and somehow they're affecting me. I think they can see it's affecting mood and maybe like energy and things like that, but I don't think they can see how it'll affect their fight or flight or um, their anxiety or managing conflict or does that make sense? Like, I think yeah 100% they can even acknowledge how it makes them feel yeah emotionally 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 not necessarily the fact that you know this this childhood trauma or the fact that I dealt with trauma in the workspace or at my job Mm -hmm. um has caused me to experience like physical symptoms yes I think that's where people they lose they're just not informed and they and they don't see the maybe they're not attuned enough to see that connection and see oh yeah when I was stressed at work that's when I started having all these irritable bowel symptoms and they just don't make that connection but like trauma can manifest that way Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's enough, like you said, not informed, but there isn't a lot of like education. There is, you have to seek it, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. When we were in, I don't know, high school, um, health class, mm-hmm. even, you know, we learned all these things in health class and this wasn't something I really remember recovering thoroughly, but it's something that affects a lot of people's day-to-day lives, you know, making it relevant to the experience of people today and the things that, maybe things that aren't, that don't seem that huge. You know, a lot of times when people hear the word trauma, they think about, I think we discussed this in our first episode, um, you think about huge things that impact large groups of people, you know, collective mm-hmm. trauma and you know, uh, cultural traumas that have happened to people. But when you get down to the very, like the simplest things, for example, with sessions that I have with, with clients who do share a lot of the ones who are like, I want to heal from trauma in that first little intake assessment that they type out. And then I see them and we discuss other things that have happened in their life. I'll ask the question, do you consider that a traumatic experience for you? Because some people, like you said, you said that and it made me think of that. Some people may not even, they may not have even put that together. So that's why I asked, do you consider it that? And then oftentimes that leads to the question, well, is it, is that considered something that would yeah. Because a lot of people don't realize that certain mm-hmm. things that they went through last month, you mm-hmm. know, or, or a year ago or, five years ago when they were in middle school, this was something that impacted your development mentally, emotionally, Mm -hmm. who knows how else, you know? So it's like that, that informed piece and really just getting to the bottom of like how information is stored in our minds and our brains anyway. And then they're also stored into our body, um, which we'll get to that with the the body piece. So where do you think we should start with the technology? Yeah, I think just starting with the technical stuff could just be a good entryway just because it's, um, that, I mean, because it's good to know, but we don't need to know all of the ins and outs. Like, it's okay if someone doesn't know, like, all about the brain, all this stuff. But maybe, what was that? We're not going to have neuropsychology class. We're not yes. <laughs> No, we don't need all that because it's okay. You don't really need to know that. But So, okay, what's standing out to me is like just kind of noting some areas of the brain that trauma can affect. Um, So just some notes we took down is that um, when trauma affects the brain, the hippocampus can shrink and that's the area that's focused on emotion and memory. The amygdala function increases and that's the um, area associated with free thought and creativity. The prefrontal cortex is... um, um, 
an area of the brain where um, activity decreases, and that's the area associated with more complex functions like planning and self-development. So when I think of that, and again, this is like very late, like layman's terms, but like when a brain is so inundated with trauma and having a trauma response, I think of how a person will live in the reptilian part of their brain, the fight or flight survival, right? Like, and it's constantly assessing for a threat. And so many of my clients who, you know, I perceive to have, you know, a a larger history of trauma or more big T as we say trauma, like more intense trauma, um, we'll, well, we'll talk about, wow, you're living in a state of fight or flight. You're always trying to figure out am I safe? Even if that concrete thought isn't actually like occurring in their mind, like, oh, am I safe right now? But their palms will be sweaty, their hearts beating, they feel sick to their stomach, they feel threatened, but they're not sure why, you know, um, that is a state of fight or flight. And that's where your brain is operating from. Whereas someone who is able to emotionally regulate that, or maybe doesn't have a large trauma history, they're able to easily access that that prefrontal cortex and able to logically think. And we can even frame that in terms of brain development, like teenagers and children, they don't have full development of that prefrontal cortex. So they're not able to always make the most logical decisions, right? So when trauma happens, that affects that area of the brain. Yes. And I I wrote a lot of those same things down and, and made note of it as a refresher because especially the piece about the prefrontal and it basically like when you experience trauma mm-hmm. your prefrontal cortex is like struggling mm-hmm. to do what it needs to do mm-hmm. um because it, it doesn't it play play around with the helps control the amygdala basically so like the amygdala of course with emotions survival instincts memory all that the fight or flight and when that's hyperactive your prefrontal cortex and your amygdala are kind of like, and this probably ain't right, but I'm gonna say it. They're like playing tug of war with each other, trying to figure out how to process the information that's coming, mm-hmm. how you feel. And then like, so it's all hyped up. It's struggling to do what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. And basically you're perceiving a threat. I always wondered about that too. Like if a person who struggles mm-hmm. with, um, like a high stress situation, dealing with trauma, you're put in a high stress situation and then you're sitting there and everything's just like, ooh, this yes. is panic, just pure panic, pure anxiety. And, mm-hmm. and then when you're in a situation where you may be triggered mm-hmm. or you think about it just on your own because trauma has a tendency to cause that where it just comes to your mind that, that as we, as Marcella read and as I've seen, memory is all up and through all of this. So it's like, yes, memory yes laced within it and um maybe you'll see something you'll be reminded if you've gone through a traumatic situation or experienced trauma throughout your lifetime and it may seem like it's a threat but you're not actually threatened right a hundred percent it's a perceived it's it's Mm -hmm. perceived you know that's like if someone you know um maybe they were grew up in a household where they had um a parent who was prone to anger, maybe they'd slam doors and break things, or maybe there was physical, you know, abuse in the home. And then they perceive their boss to be mad at them. Mm-hmm. And then they're sick to their stomach and they can't sleep at night. And they're like, oh my gosh, like they called me for a meeting. Like what's wrong? Like what's wrong? That's a perceived threat. Mm-hmm. And so someone may not link it to, oh, this, this is from this unresolved trauma I had with my father who would come home raging and would, or whatever, you know, um, but that can, you know, the, that core experience can lead to this anxiety um, and trauma response in these other areas that seem unrelated. Mm-hmm. So that totally makes sense. Yeah. Whenever you go through some form of like abuse or like, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like living in a household where there's anger just infused in the walls, just a lot of different things that you're you're trying to process as a child. There's this really awesome video. I want to link it mm-hmm. to this episode, um, and it may come up in other ones. Like I was, I love a good illustrated mm-hmm. video where they have like you know like a cartoon like sense to things, um, and they really laid out all the pieces to childhood trauma specifically Mm -hmm. and how it affects Mm -hmm. the lens 
of a person who goes through different things as a child dealing with with their family um the the different communication issues that happen within a household and how it could be traumatic for a child watching parents fight all the time or um dealing with like verbal abuse or neglect you know their needs not being met things like that 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 definitely changes the lens from which a person views the world and so you're you're walking around if you deal with an anxious ambivalent attachment you go it's gonna it's gonna affect everything yes absolutely develop relationships and Mm -hmm. oftentimes those certain attachment styles trauma happens within that household within that family within those relationships and right yeah it makes it really hard for people when it's not processed more so because people go through trauma and they process it and there's healing the thing about trauma it there is healing that comes after if you really work toward it you know and a lot of times folks hear trauma and they think broken person person can't get help type it's all these negative connotations based around trauma and I think that's why some people don't you know wanna it's like it's perceived as being weak like I've had clients where it's like you know I've been through all these traumas I don't know I I don't know how to do anything you know Mm -hmm. I'm I'm struggling I'm it causes a person's worth even because you ask yourself this question like why is this happening to me you know so trauma is so just it looks at every single part of the individual in mm-hmm. their experience and the the physical manifestations just first it all starts in the brain though and then it travels on down I think yeah well uh, yes and and it's when I think of okay so like we talked about how it affects the different parts of the brain and so you know the brain is going to send signals, right? To the rest of our body and how we respond. And, and so, and the brain and the nervous system are so linked. And I think that's that other big component of how it affects the body, right? So like when I'm working with a client who, um, I, and you know, sometimes it takes a while to get there, but like, you know, I, you know, you know how it is. You get a cl- new client, you're trying to figure out, okay, what are the presenting issues? What's going on here? you know, and sometimes when I'm feeling stuck of like, wow, we've talked about this, we've talked about that and nothing's changing. They're still anxious. They're still depressed. They still are self-harming, whatever that may be. You know, I then look at what, what is their nervous system doing? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe that's what we need to be doing on the front end. And, and sometimes I have to do a little evaluation of like, oh, wait, let's recalibrate some things. We're focusing on, on the content, but we need to be focused on focusing on emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when I think of that, I'm like, okay, as we're talking about these things, as we're, you know, as you're re- telling me all these things that's happened to you or the things that you're navigating right now, how's your body doing? Mm-hmm. And I'll ask them what's happening in your body right now and some people don't know some people are like I have no idea all I know is I'm not okay right now you know and so that tells me okay that maybe they're dissociating or they're detached from their body right and that's a trauma response or they'll say oh my god stick to my stomach I just I want to get out of here fight or flight response right so like trauma response you know their nervous system is like going crazy right now um you know and so those different things let me know okay what is happening as they're experiencing these things or they're perceiving a threat and then i want to work with them to say how can we get you to a calm grounded place where can you find safety in your body some people have a really hard time finding safety in, the, in their body, but and sometimes people aren't even aware of what they're feeling until I ask them. They're like, oh, well, now that you mention it, my heart's racing and I had no idea. And then once we kind of create some of that awareness, I think it can help. We can help give tools to clients about how to like take deep breaths. And how I can ground myself and how I can release some of this nervous energy and tell my brain that, hey, even though I feel like I'm threatened right now, I'm okay. I'm in Marcella's office. We are good. Nothing is actually happening right now, <laughs> you know, and kind of going from there. Mm-hmm. That's you. You spoke that so clearly. And, and it helped me to kind of think about some things when it comes to the present like being as present as possible when working with folks with trauma because if you're when you look at the content it can be very overwhelming yeah yeah 
your mind just starts racing. You, you start thinking about all these different things. Um, it's like opening up, what is it, a can of worms? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels like that for them, from what I know. Yes, so, yes. Oh gosh, they, they start feeling these physical, that reliving type of experience too, the memory piece of it. You're sitting there and you're retelling something that was traumatic for you. A lot of people will say, I feel like I'm going through it again. Like I'm re-triggered or I'm, I'm, I'm having another, I feel like I'm going through it again. And, and the body is reacting in that way. You know? Yes. And that's why, I, that's why I find it so important um, to as therapists and then as clients too, or just people navigating trauma to um, implement that emotional regulation piece. And, and, and that's, I'll admit, it's a part I struggle with sometimes. It's really hard to communicate about that. Like, you know what I mean? It's really hard to like uh, help people feel safe in their bodies if they've never felt safe in their bodies. And um, that's why I really advocate for like mindfulness exercises and yoga and um, which yoga, I think there's a lot of research between like yoga and trauma. Um, and, and I use brain spotting, which is um, a stem off of EMDR and EMDR is like very well researched and like proven to, to show people like proven that it help, can help with trauma. And um, I try to be really intentional about, okay, what are you feeling in your body? what's going on right now? Let's take our deep breaths. You're in here. It's today. All of what we're talking about is in the past or it's worries about the future and the future is not here right now. Like, you know, and just trying to create some of that, like I'm in control of my body, you know? Yes, absolutely. And, and going over those different things with like, it's, it's things that we don't learn on our own. I guess mm -hmm. like, you, you have to be taught a lot of the things I'm sure for you and I both, you know, going into this field, learning and the training that we've done over the years, starting out, I didn't know what a mindfulness exercise was like that. No, really was. So it's like we we're learning it as people who are interested in and wanted to become counselors and therapists and, and other folks like social workers. Some of my friends who are social workers, they are very heavy into all of that. And so yeah. it's, like, it's such an important all of those things are such important tools to have in your counselor toolbox. But then you think about a person who's coming in for your services and they have no knowledge possibly of that at all. If they've never seen a therapist, um, oftentimes they have no knowledge of all of that or even the linking of how the trauma has affected, like we've talked about. Right, right. Their body and their minds, you know, so that emotion regulation, oh, absolutely. And there's so many different ways to... Mm -hmm to use, I guess, mm -hmm. tools to help people learn how to regulate their emotions um, and learning what fits for each person. Mm -hmm. Some people look at that grounding stuff as like this, this, I don't know. What and kind know. of, and kind of assessing too, this was something I had to learn. If someone's super dissociative, like checks out and like goes into la la land and that's their means of coping, um, then I don't want to do a relaxation technique. I want to get them moving. I want to get them stretching. Let's get you, let's shake your hands. Let's kick your feet. Let's put your feet on the ground. Let's go outside. And if they are overstimulated, like I'm freaking out right now, I'm having, you know, then I'm like, oh, we need to slow things down. Let's still put your feet on the ground. I'm right here. Maybe I'll use therapeutic touch and put my hand on their hand and say like, look, you're good. We're good right now. Like hear my voice. What's around you? Let's point out some colors and maybe just slow it down a little bit like that. So I really have to be attuned to what their inner experience is too. And so I would encourage like therapists and, and for clients, if you're looking for a therapist to seek out those who have been trained in maybe some of those um, just in trauma informed therapy, just so that um, they can help you through those things. Um, many therapists baseline have some of those skills, but if you, if you perceive yourself to be to have more severe trauma, you want someone who is educated in all of those things so that they can intervene when appropriate, you know? Absolutely. Like the, the trauma focus, like CBT, you know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. therapists operate with a little touch of CBT, if not a lot of it. And yeah. There's a, there's a branch of it, which we'll get to that a little later. It's trauma focused where it's, it's more um, geared toward treating clients and patients with traumatic experiences um 
because it is so necessary to get the type of help that you need. You know, it, that's another thing for folks that seek therapy. Um, knowing what it is that you're going for. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. What you want to get out of that. Exactly. You must know. Some, sometimes we, we might feel kind of overwhelmed in thinking about all the things, you know, but that's to come as you start a relationship with a therapist. And if y'all are compatible and there's a good, you know, connection there, a therapeutic alliance there, then you'll get what you need as time goes. Um, Cause trauma can seem very overwhelming to process if you have multiple different experiences or hell, even just one mm-hmm. um, specific mm-hmm. thing. If there's one specific thing, there may be so many different parts to it. And another thing I've learned that helps a lot with, with trauma, um, especially when folks have that dissociative mm-hmm. experience, mm-hmm. Um, being directive, but creatively. Yeah, yeah. Like using creativity. Mm-hmm. I've noticed a lot of the clients I've treated in the past, it's mm-hmm. wild. They're all artists in some sense that have dealt with yes. A hundred percent. Well, if we go back to what they said with the brain, that 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 um, creativity component increases, and because trauma changes the brain, many people will utilize music and art and writing to process that, and um, that is a completely valid way to do that, you know. And I think that's why we see so many, like you know, we'll see kind of like tortured artists, like people who've been through pain, and and then they create these beautiful products um that yeah you're right like that's just a tool that people adapt like the brain is really wonderful and that it it gives us tools to adapt you know dissociation is a coping mechanism art journaling is a coping mechanism (laughs) anger when people fight get into fights and we're like on the outside like why are they fighting this person that is a way to protect themselves so not all of these things are healthy right but um but, but, but that's what the brain's doing. It's trying to like rewire and say, Hey, we got to like correct these situations. And then what I'll fr- frequently notice with clients is like, okay, if you're in a state of hypervigilance, you want to fight people or you want to run away or you freeze and, and feel immobile. I'm like, okay, your brain's trying to protect you, but it's, a, it's over-functioning <laughs> a bit. Absolutely. And it's not always the best way. We're not always doing these things in the best way. I understand you felt threatened. That didn't need, mean you needed to punch that guy. Like, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, but it also, there was another piece um, in another video that I watched, a TED talk by this doctor. I'm gonna link that as well. I can't remember her name. Um, let me see if I could find it while I'm sharing about it. But it was so interesting to me how she was talking about how folks who experience trauma oftentimes may gravitate toward high risk situations Mm -hmm. and it makes total sense you know that's something I kind of I mean I don't forget it but in the work that I do in the the population that I work with mostly there isn't really like a big like adrenaline rush type of high risk situation that folks are getting themselves into when they've experienced trauma but there's like this familiarity piece where if you've dealt with trauma and your mama dealt with trauma in a certain form and and the people before that you know the trauma is something that generational piece like I said we'll get to that later because that's a big one um yes yes it can be like a familiarity thing and so I, a a question for a a pose, I'm posing a question for myself in my own research, and maybe you know too, within the mind with generational stuff, you know, is it that a person who goes through trauma has a child, the child has some type of rewiring, different makeup, like, is that something that folks have talked about? I could see, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's definitely something we can go into on a deeper level, um, because we do want to do an intergenerational episode, but yeah, I mean, because when you think about it, um, they talk about how, like, you know, your mother will have, your mother and your grandmother, like, okay, when your grandmother is pregnant with your mother, your mom already has all of the eggs she is going to have, when she's in utero. So your grandmother is carrying a part of you essentially, right? Um, And so they talk about, you know, if your grandmother 
went through a trauma and your mother went through a trauma and you were in utero at whatever point, absolutely. Like that can affect you. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty like, there's research on that epigenetics, all that stuff. And, um, we could definitely get into that, but you're right. You're so, I mean, genetically, well, and think about, you know, people like, like my father, his dad was, went to war, you know, and, and had, and my dad's like, you know, he, he didn't gain coping skills. You know, you didn't talk about that stuff. And then you have parents who went to the great, through the great depression and world war two, like, that's definitely going to affect you and your nervous system. For sure. And that's what it just, it, I knew it, Marcel. I knew it. What you said, I'm like, man, it, it has to be that way. Yes, absolutely. So, it's nature and nurture. Nature and nurture together because there are folks who are taken out of their environments, mm-hmm. they're taken out of traumatic situations, moved into, for lack of better words, better, mm-hmm. healthier situations mm-hmm. that are without trauma. And and they're still in a war zone. Still in a war zone where you're like, this is this has informed my thinking mm-hmm. so much. And I don't I didn't even know it 100 percent You know, there I think there's so many different levels to it within mm-hmm. the individual when it comes to their trauma reaction and how it informs how we move. And I'm just thinking too, you know, we're talking about like the nervous system and the brain and how it manifests. But I think it's another part of this too, is to remember that brains will also suppress memories to protect somebody, right? Like it'll, you know, if something really traumatic um, happened in childhood, the brain will say, nope, we're not ready for that. You know, <laughs> and, and we'll tuck that away. And sometimes those memories reemerge later in life, um, just depending when the brain is ready to allow that to happen. And so, um, you know, if you're a person who's, who has experienced trauma, whether that's big T trauma or a bunch of little T trauma, whatever, however you view that, um, just know your brain is doing its best to protect you and your body's doing its best to protect you. And with a really informed, and skilled therapists, it can, you know, they can help you get your brain and body to do what actually needs to be happening. But it is like, but their job is, is really, they're trying to protect you. I think some people get resentful of, well, why do I feel this way? And why, why do I do these things? You know? And it's like, well, you're doing your best with the information that you have. <laughs> and so now let's just see how we can do this in a more productive way and not in a state of you know, danger, but in a state of like safety and groundedness. And it's, that's like total opposites, right? Like the danger versus the Mm -hmm. the person is always in a state of feeling that they're in danger. Or when you bring in like that paranoid, um, hypervigilant response to things, um, it, it can be very difficult, you know, as, as therapists, we have to be patient with the client's process and, and their experience because this is all they know so far mm-hmm. the best that they can. But then also the client being reassured by the therapist, the therapist teaching the client to reassure themselves mm-hmm. that this is what you're working with. So how do we work with it more effectively? That's what you're in therapy for. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what trauma therapy, I guess the whole basis of it is, is because you can't erase what happened. You cannot get rid of trauma. But you can absolutely learn, relearn, unlearn, relearn. And people, people are resilient. People are resilient. And you know what, too, I kind of want to highlight the fact that if you've gone through certain things and maybe you're not experiencing any of the stuff Ava and I are talking about right now, that's okay, too. Because not because everyone's brains and nervous system are different. And so what if someone, if someone experiences a car accident? they may walk away and they may have, oh my gosh, I can't drive right now. Um, my nervous system is shot. I'm freaking out. Uh, duh, duh. And some people are like, yeah, that happened, but like, I'm cool. And they can get in a car tomorrow. So everyone's different. And I think that's another important thing to know. And it doesn't invalidate anyone's experiences. You know, it doesn't make one person stronger or weaker. It doesn't make one person's experience more whatever traumatic than the others um it's just everyone reacts differently and that's just something to know too and everyone processes stuff differently at their own pace you know like mm-hmm. you said, some people may not process trauma that occurred 
until later on in life, until two, two years later, 10 years later, to really, really get to the, the gist of what it is that, that they experienced, you know, really to understand it and maybe challenge their thinking about it in a new way. You know, it's, it's, ooh, we, it just, it's a, it's a part of life. It is. It's just really learning. I think the learning and the education piece, and then also being open to what's put in front of us whenever we are given the opportunity or we create the opportunity to process our trauma because it is an opportunity. It is, it is, it can be a really beautiful thing. Very hard, Mm -hmm. (laughs) very hard work. Yeah. But it's something that can, I think a lot of the clients that I've worked with that have had severe trauma, Mm -hmm. hell, even small T, small T, big T, medium T, all of the T's, Mm -hmm. it can be super empowering for the person to know that they gave themselves the opportunity and they, and, and you're, you're willing, like, I'm going to step into this. I know it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to really make things harder for me sometimes. Right. Uncovering all those things. It can, it can do a lot to the, to the mind and, and the body and the emotions. Another piece that I thought about within that video about childhood um, trauma and how it affects the body and, mm-hmm. and the mind Um the different systems you remember learning about like the reward system memory system I was like wait a minute Mm -hmm. forgot about that stuff but the reward system that was just that ooh because I think neglect gets gets um ignored Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. when it comes to trauma Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it all it it can really shape a person's development and that highlighted the reward system within Mm -hmm human beings and other other creatures out there but mainly Mm -hmm. like a little baby you know like if a child is ignored when they they're they're asking for attention or they're being left to their own devices at a very young age that's going to inform their development it's going to move them a certain direction and make them feel a certain way um, absolutely absolutely well that reminds me of like in sociology class I remember in high school there was they found a girl um oh my gosh I wish I could remember her name but it was a very famous um case and a girl was discovered who she was chained to her like a cage and like very neglected and she had no social no social skills limited motor skills and um you know they rescued her they found her and um they studied how her um development was as they put her in I think I don't know if it was therapy per se but like gave her more resources basically and studied how that affects a person and it does like it does like she was like a baby and she was not she was like probably 11 or 12 um and it's just like what you're saying is totally valid and um again it doesn't have to be that severe (laughs) for it to matter you know but but that's just an example of like yeah this affects people like isolation and things like that and and I just encourage every anyone listening just to if you want to confront some of this just be transparent with your therapist and 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 um research into someone who's qualified um tell them what your goals are if they're not a good fit they'll refer you to someone who is um and hopefully that can be a collaborative effort you know it's it's not something that has to be navigated alone um and maybe even doing research on what the most popular um trauma-informed therapies are if you see a a therapist and is is trained in emdr um if they have a trauma certification um maybe they had a went to a specialized program for that i mean those are all things to look at you know definitely things to look at things to consider seriously if you know that also if you've tried therapy in the traditional talk therapy sense and you need a little something more that is totally fine because and i think that's something definitely to pay attention i'm so glad you said that yeah because i think a lot of folks are like okay you know i have this these, this really specific thing that I need to process and talk therapy may not be, if you're transparent with your therapist and you let them know how serious something is to you and how important it is for you to process it in the way that it needs to be processed, mm-hmm. you know, you, you may need a different type of therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, talk therapy is wonderful. Forming the relationship is 
impeccable. It can be great. It's mm-hmm. necessary. Mm-hmm. But there are certain very specific treatment modalities that can be life-changing for people. Mm-hmm. Um, it can really help them to rid themselves of a lot of what they've been carrying around when it comes to their trauma. And, you know, talk therapy is like a first step. Um, I, I'm glad you said that because I think some people go to therapy and, you know, there are therapists who aren't as informed. Do you know what I mean? Like some, some training programs don't have that diagnostic lens. Um, some people just have a different specialty, totally fine. Um, but as we're talking about how trauma does live in the body and affects the brain, you want someone who's going to implement some of that, right? Um, unless, or maybe you've done all your body work and now you can go to a talk therapist and that's enough for you. Um, but I'm so glad you said that. And sometimes talk therapy is a part of it, but maybe you need a little something more and that's okay. Um, I think a book that everyone (laughs) should read, you know, where I'm going with this one is the body keeps the score. And I think that is a great way that, you know, it's, um, it's meant for, for people who aren't clinicians, but obviously most clinicians do read this book. And maybe that if someone's interested in getting, wanting more information regarding all this, definitely check out that book. It is a bit heavy. It's a bit, um, it's dense. There's a lot of information, but the body keeps the score by Bessel van der Kolk is, um, kind of a staple when it comes to this stuff. It is a staple. When I tell the book so many times, people saying, um, that it exists and using it to inform their the treatment that they give, but then also giving it to clients when they're ready to read it and to really mm-hmm. what it mm-hmm. looks like. I saw it in Target like last week. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, it is. Well, that's what I'm saying. Trauma is everywhere. Well, like like the the, the topic of trauma is everywhere now. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's it, it is seen. Um, Another thing real quick that I wanted to look at too is as far as like the conversation surrounding trauma and how um, high stress goes into the topic of trauma, I think. And so stress levels affect our health. Yes. Trauma affects our health. Yeah. Mental health, but also physical because Mm -hmm. of the, the, the video with the, I need to find that lady's name and I don't want to play the video. So it will play like the sound on the right, right. But um, it'll be linked for sure. She was talking about how folks that live in impoverished areas, which that can come with a lot of traumatic mm-hmm. experiences simply based around geography and where you at. Um, right. It being in that type of environment and then living through certain things, going through certain things, seeing certain things, because that's another thing about trauma. It don't have to happen to you. It can happen right in front of you. And that's right. True. That's true. It, she talked about health related stuff, life expectancy, people who experience trauma, big T trauma, I would say 20 year less life expectancy generally as she was speaking about it because it was like a ted talk that was based around medical um medical studies and then she was talking about cancer and um heart disease things Mm -hmm. are you can attribute that to people going through trauma Um, folks that go through trauma for an extended period of time it can absolutely affect your health in tremendous ways Mm-hmm. And that's why there's these preventative methods, you know, that the doctors give and in mental health, you know, a lot of times we we're we're of course working with the experience of the individual, but I also have some clients who come in and they're like, I want to be a better me. And so you're giving these skills and different techniques that they could use in their life every day um, to help them to be able to handle when life gets hard, whenever maybe something mm-hmm. traumatic may happen um it's like a shock to the system like if you really look at and read how the brain is affected it definitely helps you to see how emotions are affected as well and then our body follows suit you know like you said the the nervous system is attached to the brain they are best it is and um yeah so I know this is kind of like a 
a basic rundown, but hopefully this maybe will shed some light to some people. You know, I think this conversation is important and um, it's okay if you don't know all the science and all the, you know, official terminology, but I think if a person can honor the experience that's happening in their brain and their body, that's just the gateway to getting help. Absolutely. Um, get the book if you haven't read it. Yeah, get the book. Read it while we're recording because I read it back years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to get it back out or like get the audio book or something just because this is such, it's such valuable information for anyone mm-hmm. who have experienced trauma because trauma doesn't, and that's another thing he talks about in the book that I do remember mm-hmm. is how trauma doesn't just affect the individual, it affects the people that love the individual. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're a person who's gone through severe trauma throughout your childhood you are affected like you said some people don't have the same experience but you are affected and it 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 affects how you are in your relationship it's going to affect the person you're in a relationship with so it's it's a very multifaceted thing and so we're gonna dive even more deep into this as episodes continue um yeah so did you want to say a little something about what's been feeding your soul right quick did you have anything this week I mean, I'm sure I do. <laughs> you know what? This may be a random thing, but it is feeding my soul. It's, I found this pod, podcast and I am always interested in um, evangelical culture. Um, I don't know why I did not. I was not raised in evangelical culture, but I find it very interesting. And I'm, I found this podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, which was an evangelical church in Seattle. And it talks about the um, lead pastor that was there, the rise and fall of his leadership of the church, what went wrong. And I just find it really fascinating um, just in terms of like power structure and religion and um, morals and how what, what's the ethical line of being a leader and a man in power, but you're also supposed to be this quote unquote shepherd to, you know, this flock kind of thing. So I just find it really interesting. If anyone else is interested in it, I recommend it. It's by, it's just so random. Again, I was raised Catholic. Like I have no, <laughs> this is a, it's like a foreign, it's a different culture yeah. for me. So that's what's been feeding my soul because I find that stuff very interesting. I do too. But if it's, I, bit, it's cool. And I'm just like, I'm looking into all kinds of things. I love it though. Thank, what is it called again for the listeners? The, the Rise and Fall of a Mars Hill. Okay. Mars, like the planet H I L L. Like my last name. Like your last name. Right. <laughs> um, my last name is an every doggone thing. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up. Please do. And I, and it's not bashing anybody. It's from a, it's from a Christian perspective. Um, but I like that it, it it's a podcast that um, is not afraid to look into um, issues within the system. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're not afraid to critique like what went wrong in this church. And, and if we're Christians and evangelicals, you know, what's our role in this? So I like that there's some ownership um and there's some exploration and it's not like a you know I don't want people to think it's a bashing or anything like that it's really just it, it's it takes a curious look into what happened here Ooh. so I recommend <laughs> I love so I I think I'm gonna talk about a show because you know Marcella and I we love a television situation mm-hmm. and I um there's this new show y'all know I love Insecure but there's a and it's it's coming to an end as we know it's it's the last season's coming out at some point I'm kind of like just take your time because I'm not ready for it to end I know there's this show and I saw promo for it probably like a week before it came out Mm -hmm. run the world um and it is about four black women living in Harlem New York they're in their early 30s and they went to college together i think they met some of them met when they were like teenagers and they show little flashbacks of them um and it stars what's her name amber west something west she uh she was on the carmichael show and like i think was it greek the show greek i think she was wait not yeah i know who you're talking i love her i love her marcella i love her 
it and Rosie O'Donnell. Okay, let let me not spoil anything. Rosie came on the show as the therapist for all of them. So let's start here. Rosie girl, you can't see four friends in a friend group. Uh-huh. You know? That is so funny. What the heck? Friend to you. So in, in one episode, it's just so well put together. It looks at their their life, their relationships, their careers are at the forefront. Like just all these different pieces. Yeah. It's four different women. The storylines for each of them are so like you don't feel like you're missing anything with anybody right right um it's not just based around their relationships with men which is which i enjoy like with the men that they're Mm -hmm. just based around that there are a lot of cultural things um their paths are just so unique you know the one from greek amber she she's marrying a nigerian american guy and so there's this cultural thing with that where she's not Nigerian and she's like, I'm trying to figure out, you know, why the wedding is such a big deal. She has this process she goes through about her individuality. And like, I was with this guy since I was 20 and I haven't ever experienced anyone else. Like, so she goes through her little piece with that. And then the other one is getting divorced. Um, then another one of the characters, she's not happy with her career, but then her ex comes back. Just a bunch of mess. It's, it, it, but it's so well put together and it's a really beautiful What's thing. Name of it again? Run the World and it's on Stars. Oh, that's why I haven't seen much of this. Okay, okay. On Stars. I love that actress though and Rosie O'Donnell. So that'll be. So Marcella, when I tell you, I am not ashamed to admit some of the things she was saying, I'm like, this is what therapist consulted mm-hmm. for this show because mm-hmm. she broke down so many things for them in such, you would think watching it as a therapist, now I'm, I'm a whole counselor, y'all. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, dang, Rosie, that was good. Like, you know, like that was such yeah. a good thing to share with your client and encouraging and thought provoking, just really, really good stuff. Like every episode was so different as well. It's nothing was ever like the same. It was just beautifully put together and just a little background. So the creator or her name is Yvette Lee Bowser. She was the creator of um, Living Single back in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and if you watch Living Single, Maxine Shaw from Living Single, Erica. Yeah what's her last name I can't remember but she's on she's on the show as a character as well like it's just a really cool okay look at this friendship circle and you know on soul search we love a female friendship based in yeah it's just sweet um it's a sweet show it really is so yeah that's that's been feeding my soul it's so if you want to binge the whole season and you have stars there it is um that's been my yeah Sunday I was very happy after watching it so oh okay well shoot if I ever get access to stars I will check it out yeah I might have to have to send you my uh (laughs) yes 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 oh well okay so that is the start of our new series right now and we will be back to you soon with another component of trauma and um and we'll talk soon Yes, we'll be back after a while, you guys. Enjoy, take care of yourselves, Mm -hmm. love on yourselves, and we'll talk soon.